you will get the shit kicked out of you. You will feel miserable a lot. You will get face rejection you've never known. Is it worth it? If you love it, yeah. What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Danny Lopriori, and welcome to Off the Cuff. You might know me as the guy from the Basement Yard, Vine, the Low Priori podcast. And while I love to make people laugh, just know that I've struggled with my mental health for most of my life, just like many of you. Here on Off the Cuff, I will be talking with some of the most impactful influencers, athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and mental health experts to have real, unapologetic conversations about mental health and breaking the stigma that surrounds it. This show is for you, and I'm so happy to have you here. Now, let's talk Off the Cuff. Welcome back to Off the Cuff. I'm your host, Daniel Priori, and today I'm joined by stand-up comedian, actor, writer, I mean, if I were to read his credits, we'd be here for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> but I'm joined by the very talented, the very funny Matt Bronger. Mr. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good, Danny. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. First thing I got to say is love the Halloween decorations, by the way. Thank you. They're very loose in terms of just they're kind of just thrown up as if this is a weird set where you're, you set your movie during Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, we've got, you know, I, I like to have a couple different things around. I have a couple zombie gnomes in the yard and some gravestones, you know, styrofoam painted gravestones as you do. But I'm a huge Halloween guy. I love Halloween. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Uh, Halloween's all or nothing. You got to either go all the way. You can't mm -hmm. half-ass Halloween. You can't. Yes. I have a friend, a comedian named Dana Gould, who I was hanging out with, and he lives way up in like Laurel Canyon area. And he's I mean, you want to talk about going all out that guy. You go to his house, there's skeletons everywhere and there's, you know, ghouls and goblins and witches and things and cobwebs. He really does it, does it up like kind of uh, old school Halloween, which I really enjoy. But they were filming right around him which happens all the time like his his house is in like uh once upon a time in hollywood and stuff and oh awesome like there. yeah and so but like they, <laughs> he was laughing because the production people came by and knocked at his door was like hey um we gotta move your skeletons because <laughs> no no other houses around his head and it's like no you can ask me if i'll move my skeleton like i'm not in your movie yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing i like i grew up in a very small town but for some reason hbo loves filming there wow i grew up in westchester county new york and uh, i went to town. college there oh okay where'd you go to college purchase manhattanville oh suny purchase yeah 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 the manhattanville yeah Just yeah, down yeah. The street from suny yeah 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 but yeah, yeah. same difference totally yeah, yeah no a ton of my friends went to manhattanville oh cool Great school. Yeah, really kind of like under the radar, what you'd say, like one of the best of the rest. You know, it's not Ivy League. It's not a giant name school, but really solid professors and very small student body. So a lot of attention if you needed any kind of extra work or, or, or assistance kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was a good school. It was a good school. Like a solid athletic program too, for like a D3 school. You know, like they actually really care about like their athletics and yeah, yeah. They had a decent gym, and I remember really, really loving going to various games during the time. You know, for such a small school to have everything from field hockey to basketball to you know, and everything in between, it was kind of for cool sure. Across, it was interesting to have that. You know, yeah. My old football coach played basketball there. Ezra Elliott played basketball there. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, but uh, he, he, I remember just like going to to an open run. I used to go to open runs over there all the time, and it was just cool to see the NCAA on the floor. And like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a fun little vibe. I like, I yeah. like that school a lot. For you, I have to ask because I mm-hmm. always ask these people that are born in Portland. So you were raised, you were raised in Portland. I was technically raised there. I was, I was born in Chicago. My parents left yeah. when I was two. So you might right. as well say, you know. Yeah, I wanted to bring. I'll bring Chicago all back encompassing because you do revisit. Chicago on your journey, but Portland has Portlandia ruined Portland? No, because it's <laughs> it, it, it gets it, a lot it, of fucking heat, though. It, of course it does, because I do feel like you know Portland has always been kind of picked on a little bit because it's always you know going in through various incarnations where when I was a kid it was like yeah well it's no Seattle like I went to college, right. went to college in New York as we've discussed and literally. The first two years, three years I was there, people would be like, well, no, Bronger's from Seattle, though. And I'd be like, but I'm not. You've known me for three years. I keep telling you. Because it's the only city up in the Northwest Hemisphere that anyone even knew or heard about. You know? And then it went through this period of, you know, Fred Armisen and Kerry coming and going, okay, like, let's let's make fun of this place we really love. And that's the thing I always... People are always like, does Portlandia make you mad? I'm like, no, A, because... I'm not that salty because I haven't lived there in so long, but also a lot of the parody is pretty dead on. And it's very, it's very a microcosm of a microcosm. Like the Portlandia thing is very much a certain kind of Portlander where like there isn't a lot shed on the black community there or, you know, the areas that I would say most of Portlandia takes place in East Portland where I'm from. Not so much North Portland. I'm from Northeast, which was, North-ish, but not North Portland is where you basically have black and Asian people traditionally. And then Northeast was definitely black when I was a kid. Not so much now. Much more right. hipster gentrified. Very Williamsburg. Yes, in its own way. Well, way yeah. low-key, poor man's Williamsburg for sure. Right. But, you know, and, and didn't have, definitely had I mean, one of the, the last, uh, or the, I should say the first, like, condo building and only condo building I really know or like knew about in my old neighborhood is there. And it just stands out like a sore thumb. It's bright yellow. It's the weirdest building. My friend Nick actually lived in it. And I was like, of course you fucking live there, you know, but <laughs> it's one of those things. It's a, it's a little harder to define, but for the, the area of Portland and the demographic they were making fun of, I just thought it was pretty dead on. Right. I just thought it was like, you know, I can't get mad at that because that's really, if anything, I kind of wish they would have kind of gone like made fun of things that were that were kind of being left off the table like people up in in lake oswego which is you know the west area the west hills where the wealth is where the money is where Uh, anytime you had any kind of social program that got on the chopping block they would chop it where it'd be something as simple as hey can we we have this surplus can we divert this for uh counseling of people in recovery addicts who don't have access to resources and it'd be like, well, what if we just use that for our tax cuts? And it'd be like, well, you could. And Lake Oswego would be like, hell yeah. And they would do yeah. it. Yeah, They were like the Supreme Court of Portland. Because they had all the money. And they do have all the money. And and they also it was, they were also the people complaining about crime. In nowhere, no areas where they are. But yeah. they're just like, you think maybe that crime is because you wouldn't supply these addicts with any of the housing or anything that we had proposed on the block? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, one big thing about Portland is that they'll never have a sales tax. Like it's, it just will, you, you can't even put it on the docket, but they yeah. need one so bad. Like right. 
you know, a 1% sales tax would solve so many problems in that it town. It would go along. It would go a long way. So, you know, to answer your question, like I never saw it as that bad. I had friends there who would wince and be like, fuck them. They're not from here anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big thing. If you're not a local and you're making fun, if me and Ian Carmel made that let that show, it would get a lot less bad. It'd still get heavy backlash. Where it's right. like, you left, you moved away. But right. they were not from there. So that's why at people, all. If anything, yeah. I was like, but who cares? Like it's what they're making fun of is not that off. But the know? thing like about like cities like Portland, though, too, it's like I like that there are these big cities in America that people don't know shit about. Yes. Yes. And it's very it, it's very interesting. And think they do. The thing that everyone thinks they know about Portland is that it's the whole thing got set on fire through the protest. It's like, <laughs> no, you know, not at all. I mean, that, yeah, no. that, the, the protest took place in a four block area where no, almost nothing is. I know yeah. I got married right there at the Multnomah Courthouse. There's a couple park blocks. And, you know, it definitely got out of hand. And people, I mean, those guys setting fire to the, the Museum of Natural History. I was like, what the, what are you doing? Why yeah, is we gotta, we, we need, Yeah, we kind of need that one. That was, yeah, that, that was a good one. There's Native American artifacts in there. Like, why <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be burning? My God, you know, but it was just it just reached this boiling point. And, you know, if you were to watch, let's just say Fox News, they're like the whole city on fire. And I yeah, had friends yeah. who were like, hey, are your parents OK? And I'm like, yeah, man, they're at the elderly folks protest <laughs> by the statue of Joan of Arc in southeast. And there's nothing but cars driving by honking going. Yeah, good job. You know, now that like I'm starting to tour with stand up and stuff like I'm going to get to see a lot of these a lot of these cities and different countries and stuff. And that's the one thing, honestly, that I'm looking forward to about doing it is 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 getting to see more of America, because I feel when you live in a huge metropolitan area that becomes like your ethos like it becomes it becomes it encompasses who you are you know what i mean like you say mozzarella like an asshole you know what i mean you know what i mean so like it becomes one of these situations where you don't actually realize how like people are like i want to go to europe i want to go to spain i want to go to russia this place i'm like i'm really starting to realize that america is a beautiful landscape yeah. If you think of all that it has to offer within oh, yeah. just the 50 states. And for you, was that a big part of your like, obviously, you've toured everywhere. Mm-hmm. But for you, was that a point that was excited? Should I be excited for that? Or, and, yeah. and what's and what cities do I have to look out for? Except for Naples, Florida. Oh, <laughs> Sam Morrell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've only played Naples once. And the thing that I remember was just ungodly wealth and a culture of I remember there's a big thing with a lot of Russian women getting dolled up to go hang out in like bars of country clubs and kind of like looking for a husband. Like that was one of those things where it was like and that yeah, was something yeah. everybody kind of talked about. I was like, oh, OK. And, it, you know, but like I loved how Sam just skewered it because it is you will go to those places where and not all of them. I mean, Every stereotype gets shattered, no matter where you go. It's, you know, you'll oh, yeah. people to be, oh, they're super this or they're super that. And you'll find it's far more nuanced because a lot of what you're reading or hearing about, it needs to be boiled down. But overall, my God, 20 years of doing stand up all over the country has been been pretty positive. I mean, it's like I'm not that edgy. I'm not really I'm there to make people try to have a good time and let the steam out. But I got to cut you off for a second because you doing 
20 years. And I just want to stay on that for one second. I didn't mean to cut you no. off. No, it's fine. I've watched leading up to this interview. Like I, I knew who you were before this, but mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of your material. You're so fucking seasoned. Oh, thanks, man. And thanks. it's very, it's like when I see people, sometimes when you go and see stand up comedy, you know, it's a bit right. You know, I saw the thing you did for Comedy Central, Netflix, and then, you know, just little even like interviews that you did with like your home to like going back and doing a show in Portland and all that stuff. Yeah. And for me, it's like I'm looking at it and I see someone that's just been doing this shit for so long. Yeah. For you, how much of that actually was before you started traveling? Did you always feel Mm. that you because you were a theater kid? So like you kind of already had the makeup of being like, it's a performance, but I can make it look natural because you studied acting. I will say the one thing that I missed that I had when I first started getting a little attention and started getting out there is like, I just would, I had so much more fun with it where I had a lot, I was a lot more heedless and would kind of just, you know, I think I'm going to just blare this bit out to the world. And I'm trying to get some of that back. Because now I'm a lot more experimental. I try new stuff way, way more. I had a set last night that was like, you know, had a couple parts that really hit, a couple parts that really didn't, and I called them out. But it's like that's the only way I know how to build. I look back and it's like I'm, I don't know if I can ever get that level of confidence back because I know too much now. And I don't mean it's almost like ignorance. It's ignorant confidence. Yes. And it's like they like they always say best advice, just stay out of your head. It's a bad neighborhood. Just go out there and, and and do it and have fun. It sounds like something some annoying guidance counselor would tell you, but it's really true because the audience wants to see you having a good time. I definitely got two in my head at one gig recently in St. Paul and various times during the set. I'm just like I was like, guys, I'm going through something right now and I'm going to get it back and you got to trust me. And I did. I got it back in the last the second half. But it was like. Ooh, I remember the moments of touch and go. And I thinking back, I think the re- the thing that threw me and I, one thing I've learned is, is you have to have these experiences to learn from them. Otherwise, you won't learn. And I, I had something happen to me that's never happened where I had to throw two guys out during a show. And oh, I wow. yeah, the night before and they just kept yelling stuff during my setups. And I would put out the fire and I would play with them and let them talk themselves out and put it done. We're good. We're good. Keep going. And they kept doing it. And the audience was just getting fed up. Audiences literally, some guys are yelling at them. There's yeah, like, a shut the fuck up. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to beat your ass, man. You know, and I don't want violence. There's no security at this place. I was just like, you guys got to go, man. And they're like, no, you have to whatever. And I'm like, I don't, man. I'm not Netflix. You can't just click to the next thing. I'm the I'm the gig. I have yeah, a mic. I'm here. You don't. Yeah. You got to go. And the bartender walked him out and they couldn't believe it. And then after that, I had all this goodwill. Rest of the set went great. And then after the show, I go by the bartender and I'm I'm having a beer with him and the other comic. And I'm like, well, what were those guys, like 26? He was like, no, they were in their 50s. And that piece of knowledge just flipped me. I couldn't yeah. stop thinking about it. About like These old fucks. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? No, I am often too self-aware. Where I'm like, am I this? Am I that? Where it's just like, no, I should just fucking flow and do my thing. Yeah. You I almost felt like you offended them somehow. Like, was it my well, fault? It, well, no, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, it was an unfathomable level of lack of self awareness. 
Right. Because I know, they, I heard they were hanging out in the bar afterward and they were still like, you know, comics used to be able to handle anything. And it's like, what was I supposed to do? Just let you keep yelling shit? And yeah, they, it's a they show. Were, they were what I'd call invisible drunk, where you're so wasted you don't think people can see you or hurt or hear you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm just doing what I want to do. You know, I've trust me, I've been that guy a few times. Yeah. Not at like a comedy ghost people, show, ghost people, but, yeah. But yeah, where it's just like, listen, everyone knows how drunk you are in this movie theater. They can smell you. Shut up. Yeah. You're very loud. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it's no, but it, good for you, good for you though, because I've seen like, you know. My thing is, like, I always give him credit because he said it to me. I, I used to be the social media manager at Caroline's on Broadway. Oh. And then I was there where David Allen Greer was the headliner Man. one time. So absolute, absolute legend. Genius. And, I, and people don't know that he's like, he's like Shakespearean. Like, he's a he actor, like multi-level. Multi-level. multi-level entertainer, classically trained, incredible actor, but also one of those guys who, if you're sitting next to him at a bar, you don't stop laughing. That no, guy, he was that guy is effortlessly funny. Effortlessly. Effortless. And like, it was crazy because like for me, I'm 33, going to be 34, but like my brother is 40, you know, and In Living Color was like a big thing when we were kids. My Dude, brother was like, you got to watch this. You got to watch Homie the Clown. You got to watch, hated it. You got to watch. So yeah. when he came in, it was like I would see all the young comedians that like people would go crazy for. And it's just like not me. But when I would see the old heads comes in, I'm like, yeah, this is like a let like this is a goat yeah, to me. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And then knowing like his background and like working with him for a couple of days. So for me, the main reason I didn't start doing stand up was because I didn't I thought it's like pro wrestling. I didn't go through the indies. I didn't do the bingo halls and like, you know, the carnivals and shit. Uh But I had a big social media presence and I was talking to to David Allen Greer about it. And he was just like, I was like, listen, like I have this big following on here and I want to do stand up. It's always been my dream, but this happened before. And they were, I was like, I don't want other comedians to judge me and feel a certain way. Right. Before he goes on stage, it's like 10 seconds before he goes on stage. The host is literally doing his intro. He goes... He looks at me, he takes a sip of his drink and goes, man, fuck that shit. Get your money. <laughs> and then he goes yeah. up on stage. Dude, yes. And, and he's like the one of the main reasons. And then fast forward like three, four years, I sold out Caroline's two shows in one night. Amazing. You Amazing. know what I mean? And it was yeah. it, and it was it was something that I'll never forget. So like he doesn't yeah. even know from when I was this little, he right. was an influence. And now, like through my entire life, I think back to that conversation with him. Almost every day when I'm like even yeah. like doing something comedy related. And I feel like you've probably made your chops in your own way. It's interesting you brought up the analogy of pro wrestling where there's a reason why the things are not the same. Pro wrestling is incredibly physical. And it'd be if someone was just like, I want to do WWE and you get in, you just jump in the ring with one of those guys. You'll be very hurt. You know, yeah, your body not the shit out of you. It's <laughs> a guy, just a guy with big ass love handles and shit and just like my leg. And he's just laying there. <laughs> oh. Don't like, help, help me have, help have some you know, cigarette and shit yes. in his mouth and shit. Too. Yeah. One of those, you know, when someone falls and they don't move at all, yeah. it's just like, and everyone's just like, oh shit. You know that it makes it, it throws a pall over the room. Yeah. This guy just, he just, this he just popped dead. a rib and he's yeah. very hurt and he can't breathe. Oh, look. Oh, look at that. Oh. See, it's, it's spirit. Ghost. Halloween. The ghost in there. But the difference is I've never been mad at someone for doing stand up. I've never had that thing. Even like, like, if I have to stretch, there is a guy who is an actor who now does stand-up. 
And I think he's a very funny actor. I'm very entertained by him. But he just he he goes on the road. But and I hope he's changed this. And I'm not going to say who it is. Right, but right, right. The one thing I heard he does is he goes to a club. He has about five or six locals do 15 minutes or so before him. He does 20 and he leaves with the whole bag. And I was like, that's fucked because people are barely they're like, oh, my God, it's you. You're famous. But it's like. You're not doing, you got to do at least 45. I'd say an yes. hour is right around what's best. Cause it's like, yeah, you can also do an hour and a half. You can do two hours. 100%. But after a while, people get goddamn tired and it's just, you're, you're burning too much. Yeah. And how many, how many times have you said, so what else is going on? We don't, we can't tell yeah. you. So, you know, <laughs> but I've never, even when someone's a YouTube sensation and they go on the road, I'm like, I hope they have an act. Oh, and yeah. I really mean that. I don't mean it in terms of like, good luck, fucking idiot. You know, there was so much anger for my generation and older when YouTube stars and now TikTok stars are going and playing these big theaters where I'm just like, hey, man, they're keeping the business alive in their own way. For and sure. There's plenty of plenty of space to go around. I'll play. My agent will be like, all right, this club is booked out, but I found you this theater. They'll give you a comparable deal. And I'm great. You know? It's yeah, it's fine. The wheel will continue to turn. So you saying that, I mean, it's cool of you to think that way. And I think we all kind of talk ourselves out of it on a certain level. But you working, doing social media at Caroline's, you know how hard it is. You oh. know everything it takes. You're not that person who made a video where an editor edited it to make you look like you had timing. Yeah. And then they go do a show and they eat their own dick. Like that's yeah. what's happened so many times. To people where they just they don't understand the moment to moment and the last thing i'll say about it just so to wrap it all in a fucking inflated ball yeah. is that like people don't understand the future that's coming where the amount of ai that's going to be just creating content constantly that we can't even compete with where oh. someone is i've been doing this on stage but it's, you're basically gonna be like yeah give me six seasons of game of thrones but it's the cast of friends go <laughs> Like that's going to happen because we're going to be making our own. Yeah. We can generate photographs that look just like you and me right now. 100%. You know, pretty much. It takes a little more work, but give it 10 years. People are always going to want, hey, that's an actual person. Yeah. Hey, that's an actual, this, this play is happening. Those aren't holograms. Only because of the stakes. We don't yes. know what's going to happen. The comic Very might true. It's so true. Yeah, it's the true. The comic might piss themselves. You don't know. Someone might snap. And go off on an audience member that's too drunk, and it's going to be the best moment of your life. That shit cannot be programmed. Immediacy. No, yeah, no, it can't. It and can't. that's what stand-up is made of. It counts because we might eat our dicks. We don't know. You yeah. Know, I've seen the best of the best have the roughest set ever. And that's, as much as it sucks, that's what makes it great. You I know? think, so. Like, like, almost in a sense, it's like, you know, I was able to do the two shows sold them both out and it's like it's weird because for me it was like all right i like people don't understand the art of selling a ticket jesus dude and let me just people say, don't understand that shit, goes, that, that shit it was you right it was easier during the pandemic during the thick of it during the 2020 <laughs> than it is right now it's so goddamn hard not just for me it's for friends of mine that play great big theaters they'll have oh man, I sold out in so-and-so and I sold for shit in Sioux Falls. And I'm just picking a random city. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. But I see it all the time. It's everybody. It's everybody. You I'm know? telling you. And the thing crazy. that's crazy is 
there's an art to selling tickets that goes back to those old carnival days where a dude would oh have an elixir, but have an elixir in a wagon and shit. Yeah, like that's like totally. snake oil. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was like. And you know, mm-hmm. for me, it's like you go through the rush, right. And you sell the tickets and it's like, Oh shit. Like, you know, you have to do a show. My thing is I did an hour and people know me because I do music as well and do the whole thing. I let them know, like whatever it's going to be for an hour, I'm going to bust my fucking ass up here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. here to just get this bag and, and go home. Uh-huh. And the other thing for me is who are four comedians that are buzzing right now that haven't been in a room full of 300 people? Yes. I love that. Yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you've done the stand. You've done this and stuff. I want you in a sold out room, 300 people. Bring your yeah. best 10 minutes and fucking go. Because the people bought my ticket to see me. These motherfuckers are going to stay here. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They're going to stay. I had people on my first show, like my opener was from Indianapolis. He brought his friend who's also a stand-up. I said, bro, go do five minutes, man. Yeah, Go, yeah, get, yeah. go get a piece of that. Like, That's you know, great. go get a piece of that. They're a great yeah. crowd. Whatever I can give back to the industry. And it's not something like I feel like I owe it to the industry because the field goal posts have moved so much oh, because yeah. all, all the old comedians that used to say, oh, this fucking social media shit. They got bigger social media presences now. Oh, yeah, they, they do. They, they got wise. Those kids that had it. You know what I yeah. mean? They got editors. They got podcasts. And, and that whole thing is just like, if you really, really think about it, that whole thing, everybody that's big in comedy now, Right, mm-hmm. started early, right? Early. Yo, oh yeah, Bobby. Yeah. Well, you were on Mad TV, right? Bobby Lee, Mad TV. Yep. He, he kept chipping away, doing all this stuff, all yeah. this stuff, doing his act that he worked on and perfected, and he still does it and does the whole thing. But he did something that young kids do, right? Yeah, young yeah. kids do podcasts, right? Oh yeah, young kids do podcasts. But now you got this fifth, you got fifty year olds that control mm-hmm. the conglomerate of where the comedy needle moves if you don't have your own buzz. Yes, exactly. It's that's it's what it is. It's fascinating. That's what it is because mm-hmm. it's like, yo, if now it's comedy is clickier than ever from people that yeah. I talked to that have been in it for a long time and I'm not going to say their names, but right. they said there is nothing clickier than stand-up comedy right <sighs> now. It's crazy, dude. And I that is one of those things I, I that really bugs me when I will tell you, I have been around literally every kind of comic. And like, I'm kind of those people, I kind of like get along with everybody. And it's not because I people want- People respect them. you though, but they no, respect no, you though. They do, but I'm also kind of, I never got like the status of a lot of my peers, I would say, where I appreciate that. That's a nice way to put it. But it's like, my only point was like, I, you know, the few times back when he was still in LA where I did, for example, like kill Tony, where Tony yeah. would be like, you're the nicest guy I always have on this show. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't like shitting on comics. And that's your whole bag, yeah. you know, yeah. just to bust his balls a little bit, you know, and like respect to Tony. He made a huge thing. Those guys moved to Austin and did like a did massive fucking things. But like I get along with those guys, but I'm not like them. But I wish we had more things of, hey, I'm not like you, but that's OK. And I'm not saying anyone's after me, but there is this massive kind of people, (laughs) the term shadow band gets just thrown around a lot where it's just like, it's like, yeah, I definitely am a person who has, who should have, should have been saying he's been shadow banned for the past eight, seven, eight years. But it's like, no, that's not true. I just personally have a real 
hard time picking the lock of social media, but that's my thing to overcome. And it's like in the last, I would, dude, honestly, like less than a year, I've been better at it than I ever have been in my entire life. But I also found the right partners to help me with that sort of thing. I've experimented here and there. I've had a lot of false starts, failures. The podcast thing is is another nut I could never crack that I finally had to let go after like 10 years of doing it. Where it was just steady. It never went up. It never went down. But it's one of those things where you're absolutely right. It's clickish because it's a gold rush for eyes in terms of media. Where I kind of, I wish it wasn't, but it is. But that shouldn't make us not all be able to be on the same roster on any given night. That's what I'm saying. I love going to shows in New York and seeing every kind of person. I love various shows in LA where I see every kind of person. I think the comedy store is definitely like that. The seller a thousand percent is like that. So I wish people would look at it more that way, where let's just talk about like Anthony Jeselnik caught some hell from different areas and stuff. And, but he, when we were talking about it, he put it the best way I've ever heard where he's like, so talented. So good. And Anthony's he's one of those guys that I always got such a kick out of and has said the most offensive shit. But everyone understands with him, it's comedy. They get yes. it, you know, and to his credit. But he said the perfect thing about it where he's just like, he's like, I just feel like and I've always felt like when you're doing stand up, you're all alone. You're all alone. He's yeah. like, I don't want to be around a group of people who are like me. You know, and we're all in this collective because in the end, we're all going out there alone. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of love that. But I will say I've never felt more camaraderie in my life in any other art form than I have in stand up. And, you know, yes, I I can tell you I won't again. I'm like non name dropping, but like one of the biggest acts in the world. (laughs) He's kind of known as a bit of a sociopath. But if he finds out you're a stand up. He's the nicest guy in the world to you. He will yes. do anything. How are you? Are you doing it's okay? Very, it's very true. You know what I mean? It's very, because very true. It is a brother and sisterhood. It always, it always will be. And I don't think it was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Not like because, you know, but it's like, but we I don't want us to head that way. Where back then they had to, the tonight show, the end. If you killed yeah. the tonight show, you basically got a sitcom. Pretty and much. So now it's the thing of you know, who's the biggest, who's the biggest online kind of thing. And, and who's, who's, who's racking up the most wins where I don't want people to give a fuck. I want people to be the best them where it's just like, stop, you know, stop. Don't, don't try to be Andrew Schultz. He has that nailed. Stop yeah. it. Stop trying to do that shit. Do what your thing is, you know? And like, that's why I think people with social media, when it comes to comedy, now that I'm starting to get into it, but I was, I was in green rooms for four years. Oh God. Yeah. You've seen just, it all. just hearing it all, seeing it all. I know shit about comedians Oh yeah, that they would never want to come out. You know yes. what I mean? You know what yes. I mean? And, and, and I'm sure you do too. And, it, yeah. and that's just, that's just what happens in green rooms. Right. So yeah. it's like, I'm seeing all this shit. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yo, that shit is crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, that shit was kind of crazy. Like, yo, we're going to get them on stage. Like, you know, like we're doing this whole thing. And then it, it, for me, it's when I see people see like you brought up Andrew Schultz, friend of mine. Sure. I love Andrew. Yeah, he's great. And he has that lockdown. Yes. Like you said, my thing is people have to trust some part of themselves 
that they're going to be great. And it's not necessarily that you have to be fully different. Right. It's just how can you make it a little bit different and make it your own? People are sponges when it comes to information. I'm a fucking parakeet. So uh-huh. before before I even did my shows, I didn't watch stand up comedy for almost a month and a half. OK, so yeah. just because I'm a fucking parakeet. So in right. my head, I'm just like, I don't want to say something the way they say it. I don't right. want to deliver something. So I'm like, you know, we all talk about similar shit, but you have to put your different twist on it and make it your yeah. own. Yeah. But you have to trust yourself that that part of you can be tweaked. And it could still be your own. Like everybody's trying to be somebody else. And that's not good for comedy. No, you know, the, the thing that I feel is, is you, a lot of comics are just like, oh, I got to be, I got to be saying something that's offensive. That's the only way to grab eyes. And yeah. it's like, that's one way, but I think it's a little beaten to death if that, and it's like, it's like, how about you just say something you actually feel yes. and if it offends someone, it does. And that's, that is a huge part of comedy. Without a doubt, we would, you know, we arguably wouldn't have comedy without that. No, no, no. That's it. Yeah. But it's doing the same thing over and over and over again. Right. It's like you, you yeah. can't expect to like go watch, go watch Eddie Murphy and then go out there and try to be Eddie Murphy. It's just not no going to work. You'll, it's not gonna you'll work. never have that confidence. No one's ever had that <laughs> confidence before or since. And like, you know, it's, it's it'd be like looking at like watching an episode of your mom's house and going, my wife and I should do that. And it's like, you'll never get that. Never. You know, I mean, I know their history. I've known them forever. And they built that through, you know, them of both valid, very funny standups and combining their powers. And for most people, it doesn't work as well. And that's what I tell kids too, like kids younger than me, like, Mm -hmm. how do I like get big in the, in the like podcast space or like this space and, and doing that. Right. I'm like, dude, look at every comedian. That's huge right now. They're 40 years old. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So if you really think about it, you're right where you're supposed to be at. Just keep Uh going. 100%. Keep going. The days of this kid's 19, 20 years old, Eddie Murphy, motherfucker, fuck, fuck, saying Uh everything, the F word, Italian jokes. Those days are over. It doesn't work like that anymore. You don't see 19-year-olds taking over because you want to know what it is? They do TV. They do Netflix. They, yes. they, you know, they they become an actor, or they just be they make so much money on their fucking phone. They don't need to go do stand up anywhere. Exactly. They don't need the business. They are their own business. They are their own business. That's why you see all the big dudes now are old school dudes that figured yeah. it out. It's funny that you say that because the other thing I find is because, and it's not their fault. Young people want shit right away. We yes. all did. We all did. But a I'm lot ju- of yeah, them, have, a lot of them have done it have done it in a very short amount of time, have become these billionaires. And I think to me, that's just hilarious. It doesn't make me feel one way or the other. Like that kid that gives away Lamborghinis from YouTube. I'm just I love that shit. Banana. It's it's outrageous to me. I wish I could do that once. He does it every week. I did my Doug, my special is now on video on demand, but it was on, I put it on moment for like a week and a half, two weeks, just to be like, let me try this. Let me try it as an event. And it went really well. But I also knew that Schultz had already made five million off of his. Right. And that I bent double laughing. That's before my special even came out. I thought that was the funniest fucking thing because holy shit and wow, I didn't feel 
an iota of jealousy. No, no, you can't. Just you like, can't. You no, can't. and but it's like, trust me, I've felt jealous. I do feel jealous. It's a human trait. For some reason, that not at all. When someone's making it just enormous as a stand-up, what I do, it's so fucking true though. I don't. And not like, not to that regard, you know? And I just think so a lot true. of these kids grew up on, someone told me that the reason why streaming got so big and the reason why it came about and it came about so fast is because a lot of these kids grew up in those minivans with a screen on the back and they would just go, not that cartoon, this one, not this yeah, one. Yeah, that too though. And they that grew is up true. That is and, true, they, and they get TikTok and they get, you know, Instagram and reels and all that jazz. And they think that's life. They think they can just go, I get to pick, I get to pick. Yes, that's why yes. those, two, those, those two 50 something cock faces that I threw out, <laughs> I thought they were like 22, 24. I was like, there's no way you're not super young and that faded and think this is how life works. I was like, they're the reason why, and not to throw this on anyone else, it's I'm the reason why I had a kind of shitty set the next night. But it's like, I was so fucking, I didn't know which way it was up. When, they, when he was like in their 50s, I was like, what? Like, I felt like I, I was falling into the sunken place, like get out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why it fucked me up so bad, but it did. But Anyway, back to our point, it, it is, I think it's, they just have to understand to your point of comics that have gotten big now or 40 or 50, just live your life and give it time. Yeah. Just find it's a someone slow to burn, love, man. find your audience, find your voice. It is better if you take your time with it. And if this isn't something you're going to give your life to probably don't do it. Probably mm. don't do it. I had Colin Mockery on my pod when I had it on. He's that whose line is it anyway. Yeah. 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 No, improvisational genius. And he always says his advice when someone's like, I'm thinking about giving and getting into comedy. He's like, I always tell them, is there anything you love more? Because there is, do that. <laughs> and I'm like, it, yeah, because you will get the shit kicked out of you. You will feel miserable a lot. You will get face rejection you've never known. Is it worth it? If you love it, yeah. But it is a constant, constant, constant struggle. I have a bit about how, you know, the movie Grizzly Man, where the dude goes and lives with grizzlies and a grizzly eats him. He, uh, it's a documentary. And the thing that, that stands out the most in that movie, even aside from him going to live with grizzlies, is why he lived with grizzlies. The dude was an actor who was getting work. And it, it came down to him and Woody Harrelson for the role of Woody on the show Cheers. Down to him and him. Oh. And... If, you know, I've had that a million times, it's down to you and another guy. And I get the phone call. They went with the other guy, you know, yeah. it's happened. I, it's down to you and two other guys. It, I cannot tell you how many times I've been the second or third, got the silver or the bronze for some massive thing. I was all set to do a show, to do a pilot on Showtime. And then one of the guys, oh, what's his name? Ross. I'm like from Friends. I'm forgetting his name. He, uh, David Schwimmer. Schwimmer expressed interest and I was forgotten. Like I was, oh, yeah. I'd never been in the room. It was as if I didn't, hadn't done six auditions, you know? <laughs> and it they don't give a fuck, bro. Casting agents? Of course not. Shit. Of course not. They can't. They can't. No, they they'll, have, get, they'll get fired. Exactly. I get it. I've had shows I've created that have gone to pilot and casting is a motherfucker. You'll be what in love with two people. Business. And you've got to pick one. It's so hard. So I'm not having any animosity, but... It went to Woody Harrelson on the biggest show of its time, one of the biggest shows of all time. Oh, and hell that yeah. dude, that dude left Hollywood to go live with an alpha predator. He lived <laughs> with bears. Do you hear what I'm saying, Danny? He went off to live in the woods with an animal that has, through millennia, never been defeated as a species. Nothing hunts those fucking things. 
Fucking Nothing. Apex, man. Apex. A thing that would kill five gorillas like you and I would kick over toddlers. Like ungodly amounts of wrath and strength. And he, he went to live with, he didn't go to live with pandas. Dude, Cheers fucked him up bad, Dude, bro. That was a hit. That show was so fucking big. That was the Andrew Schultz of its day. Yeah, fucking he, Cheers is huge, man. Dude, huge, beloved. He would have become a folk hero. He went from, I could be a, a waiter or a folk hero. And he's a waiter. And he's like, fuck it, bears. Bears, bro. Bears. And I'm good. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, it's it is, bro. That's what it's like. The world is so fucked up like that. It's like it's it's one of those things. Like one of my first memories, like really being a kid, is is watching Cheers and the scene when Woody Harrelson comes. He's on the phone and he gets upended by the phone cord. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know what I mean. So I'm like I'm like watching Cheers. Like Cheers is a fucking awesome show. Yeah, dude. Now if I think about like if I missed out on a show like that. Thankfully, like that hasn't happened to me, but like a part of me, I think I might go fucking live with an apex predator too. Dude, well, we're lucky that we we don't have that. There is no show like that. Nothing. No, no nothing now. has nothing nothing has existence quality like that. I no, mean you have to be and you also have to be like it's like you have to be like a 13-year-old now. Yeah, well, and 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 yes, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, that's what yeah, it is. Well, it'd be like a 13-year-old on TikTok or something. Yeah, there's no there's no equivalent. There's no there's no network sitcom that will get I, it's like, I don't know if they'll ever do, what do you call it? When a show's been on long enough and it gets into heavy residuals. What? I, oh, I, like, like a, like a Seinfeld, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that uh, syndication syndication. Thank you. That's the word. I don't know if that'll ever really happen again because now we'll never see it, that. It's all streaming and no shows even get a third season because contractually that's when they start having to pay you what you're worth. And so it always goes two seasons then boom, you know? So it's that equivalent I would say, yeah, to to your point, it, it's got to be 13-year-olds on TikTok. That's the closest thing we'll find where where we had that. It just it's just not it's not coming back. Not and really. even like even with entertainment too, like I just want to get into uh, your family a little bit. Have you changed your your content? I can't stop thinking about cheers now. Oh, it's so good, man. <laughs> it's it so holds good. Up. Cheers it's is so fucking good. great, man. When you right now, mm-hmm. Even if like the bit, like I think a great reason for having kids as a comedian is because great. Now I, I have a whole new, like 15 minutes, you know, yeah. like, I could just like shit on my kid for 15 minutes and like, and, yes. and like, you know what I mean? And like that, yeah. that's another audience that helps me. It's like, Oh, like I have this little accessory now and now sure. like I can appeal to like a 35, a 40 year old woman now. Cause like I have a kid, right. like, that's what works. Right. you know, yeah. it's like, sorry, but i got to use you a little bit. But do you, uh, yeah. when you go into your writing process now, though, yeah, before and after your daughter, is it any different, or do you try to make sure that it stays like kind of the same? Because I feel that mm-hmm. as we evolve as humans, our acts should probably evolve as well. Yes, absolutely. I always say the comedian's job is to show the audience the world through their eyes. I don't yeah. want someone who gets up there and looks at me and goes, "I know what you want. I'm going to give you this." It's like, no, t- you tell me what you think is funny. You know, and I'll let you know if you're right or wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that's what the audience does. That's literally go- you literally on trial every night. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I definitely try stuff about my kid, about family life that is, you know, to me I think it's pretty great. And then it just people will be like, no, or and then I got to work on it. But I do have a very different 
lifestyle than most people. There's a level of unrelatability. There's a reason why. That's a big thing too. You hit the nail on the head there. No one can really relate to what we do. No. And nor should they. It's it's no. a stupid life. <laughs> Anytime, you know, is, my, 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 my wife is a manager. She's my ex-manager and she reps comedians. And like the amount of time she gets a client who's like, I want to do a show about me and my life as a stand-up. And she's like, you should shove that up your ass. Like she doesn't say it, say it in those terms, but it's like, talk about the most unrelatable. It would be so much better to do a show. Just be a, write you as a garbage person, right? You yeah. as, a, as a, someone driving for Amazon, you know, but that was the, else. that was the great thing about, about Louis show on FX. It was, uh-huh. it was, it was barely about stand up. Barely. Yeah. Louis Seinfeld. Exactly. Yeah. Who gives a shit about stand-up? By his little jokes, but it was just about the inanity of life. Day to day fucking bullshit. I'm lucky when something fucking weird happens with like my kid. I'm like, okay, great. I have I have a story yeah, to yeah. tell. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the closest thing I've come to relatability is like in terms of because I feel like the kid thing has been done so much by because every it's a very common thing. Oh yeah. That know? that yeah. politics and race. One of my bits is is I'll literally come out there and be like, listen, like I'll let you guys know I'm not gonna do any race comedy because I think white people have just been through enough. That's funny. Yeah. And then, and then and then that's it. And then I don't say anything after that's that. That's great. Like, like, like about it. I was just yeah. like, let's just get it out of the way. And like, exactly. that's just where we're going to go. Like, it's low hanging fruit. But for sometimes you have to do it. It really depends on the room. You know, I feel like you have to find the thing, say the race thing, the politics thing, the baby thing that you have that's different. And so yes. the one I the one I've done that I haven't seen anyone do is if you fly with a baby by yourself as a man, everyone adopts you. Because they think you're going to get drunk and stuff the baby in the overhead compartment because they're like, wait, where's the I literally flight attention like and where's your where's your partner? Like just me. And they're like, oh, hey, Mark, like it called another <laughs> flight attendant over anything you need. Do you have to pee? I'll hold her. And it's just like, no, I went before. What are you? Hey, I'm all right. I've done this. It's, you know? it's, like, it's, it's like a soldier. coming but, home from but, war. Right, right. But the yeah, shell shock. But the flip is. With women, there a woman could have nine kids, and they'd be like, "Would you shut them up? This is your job, you know." Yeah, like it's they get true. no help, none. It's true, no. and they're smaller than us; they can't carry the kids as well. It's like it's so fucking up. applaud for you, and you like uh, you yeah. get off of the plane and shit. He didn't, guys. He only had four beers, light That's beers. It. Wasn't a lot. He didn't get fucked up. We should really give him credit, you know. Yeah, and his and his kid's not upside down. This is this is <laughs> awesome. And his kid ate. I saw he fed his head. Because I really think that, you know, this is why I love to talk to comedians. And I used to say this thing like, you know, I want to talk to like real comedians. And then I talked to somebody who was like, dude, you are a real comedian. You've been making people laugh for 10 years. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like, don't sell yourself short because your audience will feel that. They'll feel yeah. that if you feel like you don't belong and like they'll feel like and it's like, you know, he's like, dude, and you're blessed, though, because you have an audience that's going to come out and they're going to have a good time. Right. My thing is, is that they love me for the person that I am. That's like the difference now. It's like you could sell out rooms because people just fuck with you. Right. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. But you have to give them a show like I'm going to yes. sing on stage. Yes. I'm going to do the shit you guys love because uh-huh. you guys spent your money to come here and see me. That's right. I'd rather fucking die of a panic attack like up here on stage <laughs> and, 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 and have it be like where they have to fucking defibrillate me to like come back to life. 
right? Then ma- make you feel like you guys didn't get your money's worth because if that gets out about me, I'm fucked. Right? Yeah. I mean, oh. but at the, at the same time, you're not fucked. People have bad <laughs> nights all the time. Yeah, people, for you know, sure. And it's moment to moment. You know, I don't think you're gonna have flop sweat for 45 to an hour. I really don't. I think you're gonna either yeah. laugh about that or make fun of that. And I also think that when you said, you know don't do that thing of like, don't call yourself not a comedian. One thing I've learned is I can't, I can't share all the insecurities that I feel about myself because mm. it's no, it's no fun for people. If I find one that's interesting, there's a comic that I saw last night that had such a funny one. There was like, he, he knew he loved his girlfriend when he started fantasizing about getting shot in front of her. Like, I was like, that's so funny where it's like, that's, he's just like, no, you go on, you know, it's fucking like basically self-love. It's like narcissistic, but like that, but like all the stuff, you know, anytime I've, I've written something, it's like, no, I really believe this. There's plenty of people who like your shit who are like, that's horse shit. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah, it's true. It's true. They always say that one of like people worry about other people talking or thinking about them, but everyone's thinking about the talking and thinking about themselves. You know, that's what it is. And that, it's and that's great, but it's also like people you you think people are talking shit about you, you're putting you down, and it's like no, 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 they're putting themselves down. <laughs> we're all yeah. putting ourselves down. It's like we're all really like kind of like talking into mirrors and shit. That's why I yeah. love the lights of stage on stage, though. It's like yeah. Because if I ever get lost, I could kind of just stare into those fucking lights until like I kind of like find myself again. And then I'll come back and look at everybody and like. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's why I like a mix of being blinded and seeing people a little. Yes. I can't. I don't like too much of either one. I don't like just being under a boron laser <laughs> from a, a UFO that's hovering above me. But I also don't like, you know, <laughs> a lecture hall where I can see everyone's dumb face. And you're yeah. like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. No, that guy hates me. Look at yeah. him. You know, it's like I could see somebody like visibly like not paying attention to me. It's like I'd rather not know. The other thing I hate too is check dropping. Oh, court. Yeah, they got to get rid of that. They got to get rid of that. There are clubs that, that do. I think. I think. I want to say Comedy Works in Denver. They don't drop the check until it's all over. Until it's like the host is like good night, which is great because then you can, if you want to sell merch or if you want to say hi to people, take pictures. Yeah. Main area. A lot of independent clubs that are doing really well are doing that which is amazing. I was just remembering, I was on Burt Kreischer's podcast recently, and he's a buddy of mine, and I was asking, oh, he's so great, and he's so big right now. The clip of him and Chris DiStefano crying about their daughters, their children, it might be one of the the funniest fucking Instagram clips I've ever seen. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Both great guys, yeah. Yeah, they're all, I love Chris too. Uh, Chris is the man. I was saying to Burt, I was like, okay, like, when you're playing a stadium, do you find the one face that hates you? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we all do it. Hey, why is that guy? Why is that- it's so weird. I think it's, it's almost like self-cynicism, but like our sociopathic trait is, why does this person not like me right now? Yes. and Because we're all weirdos. Well, and it's also, I would say, you know why. And you're probably wrong. You're probably 100%. wrong. You in your head are like, yeah, this guy's right. I do suck. And you're killing, you know? And, you know, it, you, you pick out that one and everyone does it, but you don't know. Like I've had people that's like, oh, I, I'm just not a big laugher. I thought you were great. I smile with my eyes or whatever. Yeah. No, I yeah. had a I had a friend of mine that I grew up with yeah. my entire life. And they sat front row at the show and he didn't laugh. once. <laughs> 
And then after the show, he goes, bro, that was amazing. You killed it. And yeah. for some reason, I see his face every yeah. time I think about the show. I'm like, yo, why the fuck weren't you laughing, dude? It was crazy. I got to say that's New York. I feel like yeah. that's I went, you know, I, I know. I was like, what the, the fuck? Show and be like, like, yo, that was dope. And you're like, you didn't smile once. And like, yeah, like, I'm fucking hire you. I don't that's really. I only, I only smile when I'm dancing. You know, it's always something like it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really smile a lot and shit, but like you made me like kind of smile and shit. I'm like, oh, OK, great. I can't imagine myself killing you or nothing like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought about like wearing your skin later as a fucking tuxedo. But like other than not that, now, it was not, after that, not, not after now. that story about you yeah. accidentally sitting on the stove with bare ass. Yeah. 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 That great story. You told that was great. That I, know, that I know isn't true. Yeah. Because <laughs> because like, I grew up with you. Yeah. And I don't care when I was 25, like how you were speaking to before, you can't tell a 25 year old shit. We think we know everything. Now it's now that I'm making my way into the industry and, and doing that. And luckily, I've been able to meet a lot of very talented people. But when I have people like you on the show, it's like I'll I will get to the mental health part, but it's the sure. process of how your brain works. Right. Yeah. Is more important to me to, than sometimes being like, so have you ever had a panic attack on stage? Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm sure you have. Like we all, you know, in some shape or form, we've all had some kind of anxiety. It's like, are you nervous before you go on stage? It's like, every, it's yeah. different. It, it, it sure, 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 sure. You know, it's, but when I get to kind of pick someone's brain, it's like, this conversation is going to help me right tonight. Good. So selfishly, I'm taking this time with you to to better my act. So I That's appreciate fine. it. That's fine. Yeah. You know, and the last couple of questions that I have for you is how different is the hustle now? Hmm. Now that you have a kid and you know what I mean? Because we fall in love with the art part of it, right? You're not you're an artist. You're an artist. As much as much as maybe you don't want to say that, but like yeah. you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's it's people don't give themselves Performance art is real and yeah. you do it every night and we get the word comedian and stuff like that. You're an artist, bro. And I mm-hmm. hope that you take time to to reflect on that. It's like, yeah, like I am a fucking artist. Oh, thanks. You, know, yeah. you, you, des- you, des- you deserve the title. You deserve the title thanks. because you create something from nothing and you right. present it to the world. That's what art is. It's right. it, That's what it is. That's what you do. And I hope you take time to really think about like, I'm creating stuff. That is seen not even if it was seen by nobody. When you go to museums and you look at fucking drawings, yeah. nine times out of ten, the novice, such as myself, has no idea who the fuck that person is. Right, right. But you know what I mean? They kind of get saved because you don't have to see a picture of their face. Yeah, and they're not there explaining explaining the paintings to you. Oh, so I was feeling this when like I did this. You know, this beautiful piece of art. Like, how's he going to explain that? To be able to manifest a bit, make it a reality in your own head first, and then yeah. be a human projector where everyone can see it, like it's shot on this fucking big white wall back here. Right. Yeah. That's a, that, that, that's a, that's an art form, and you're an actor too. And I always try to ask people these questions. Right. Right. The classic side hustle was: I'm going to be a comedian, an actor, a writer. It's all encompassing, but you have like five jobs, right? Right. How does all that, how does that all that stuff factor into being dad? Now, what it has done for me specifically is I've, I focused a lot more on what it is. I feel like for a long time, 
I wish I had another way to put it. I would I would be on like kind of autopilot where I would be on the road and I would write jokes and I would go up and audition when a thing would come. I develop some projects and pitch them. And like I'm still doing that, but I'm now I'm looking at it as much more of a package. Where how am I how am I loading this package up the right way? Am I doing enough of this? Am I doing enough of this? Am I giving myself enough space? I'm lucky because my wife is doing awesome. So right. I was able to scale back the road a little bit and do do more just in town and look after the kid more and stuff. But that's also shed light on on that same perspective I mentioned where I'm like, okay, let me make sure I'm making the kind of stuff I want to make and going going in for the kind of stuff I want to make because it is a crazy time. It is not what I'd call like a, a boom time for me in my career. It's steady, but I want to be able to build it not just for my family, but for the kind of stuff that I would like to be doing. And I'm a little older now, but I'm also not letting that get me negative or or, or stop me. How old are you? I'm 48. Oh, dude. Well, we were talking about before. No, you're right. Cost, you're right. being a fucking superstar. Right, right. But that that's what that's the kind of thought that gets into your head, and you have to kind of, of course, mention it and then throw it away. But I think it would be different if I had the situation where I was like Eminem and his girlfriend gets pregnant, and he's like, I can never lose a rap battle again. It's not right. that. I'm definitely giving myself a little bit of, a little bit of space, but at the same time, going, I really have to put my nose to the grindstone every single day and try to write some stuff, whether it's a script, whether it's a joke, whether it's an idea that I want to develop. Luckily, I have very creative friends and I can call them and go, hey, can we have a coffee? Can I talk to you about this thing and see if this is viable? And The network's important. The network's important. It is. It is. And specifically not the, hey, I heard you sold a show. Can I be in it? More the hey, I love the way you write. Would you take a look at this script and tell me if it's trash? Or do you like this idea? Or, you know, whatever. And they want to develop with you. I've, I have a couple projects right now with, with other comics that we're, gonna, we're taking out pretty soon. And it's like, it's nice to have that. It's amazing. Where, yeah, yeah. But, because why not, though? Yes, exactly. So it's like, I have a huge amount of freedom. I will say, like, last night I had, a, like, that set I mentioned that was kind of all over the place, but I'm trying to grow. I was driving today. I was realizing, I was like, oh, I feel like I might have, <laughs> I might have lost them a little bit right away when I mentioned that I haven't had a real job in over 10 years. <laughs> Where I was just talking about, like, I have no right to complain about anything. It's like you the know? most unrelatable thing. Unrelatable. <laughs> but it's like, I, this guy. <laughs> I was re- exactly, I was just revealing my truth, but it's like, it was a, it was a truth that they make everyone kind of dislike yeah. me in a way. No. 100%. But I feel like I understand what you're saying, though, because if you think about it, you've been doing this for what, 20, 25 years now? 20? Uh, about 20, about 20 years. Yeah. About 20 years? About 22, maybe. Rough. Since, <laughs> since I first tried it. Right. That's right. the open mic days. Right. Know? So, like, that's it goes back to my thing, though, about like how we were talking about like artistry and then also about like indie, like indie wrestler analogy. Yeah. Uh, indie yeah, analogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being the starving artist is cool. Yeah. I want to get fucking paid, though. Yeah. You, not, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Not, it's like, yo, you can call me an artist all you want. I need a fucking check. You know what I mean? That That's oh, where God. It, gets, it, yeah. gets past, it gets past that art shit fast. No. And, and that was back in the time of where, you know, and this is definitely true now where it's like, it's worthless until it sells for a lot of money. And it's like, it's not true. And it's never been true, but right. people have made it so it, so it's it seems true. And now 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 everyone's famous. 
famous, who gives a shit? You yeah. know, everyone, everyone's online, everyone's, you know, famous to a couple people or whatnot. And that's why those companies have, you can charitably say, used all of us all this time because everyone oh. to get their thing out. We have used them too, us comedians, us performers, but it's kind of just work on what would you like to put out there? That's what art is. What do you want to get out into the world? What exactly is it? What works for you? And that's the other thing too. It's like, I know like Louis went through like his stuff or whatever, but it's like, he just put a movie out on his website. And he's always done that. And he's always done that. He's like, listen, you could buy all my specials for $25. Like, that's crazy. That deal is crazy. He's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those guys who is always putting stuff up on websites. And I was like, I just don't understand. He you know? was like Patreon before Patreon. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And and it gets, gets overlooked a lot. Like, people, because yeah. obviously of what happened in the news and everything. And, right. but, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, from a business sense, like, he was kind of ahead of his time with that shit. Absolutely. And, you know, now you have all these comedians who are like, you know, like Ari just threw his shit up on YouTube. Yeah. My last special came out in 2018 before this one. And I was like, I was like, just put this fucking thing on YouTube. And everybody fought me so tooth and nail that I was like, fine. But not to be like, I was ahead of my time. But I was like, I just wanted, I was like, fuck the status. You want it out, yeah. Fuck. You know, it's like, but it really what it came down to is I, I needed to make the money back for the production. You know, I needed, yeah. I needed to sell it somewhere. But the cool thing with this new one, I can just do anything I want with it. So I don't know if it'll go to YouTube, but maybe and probably. You know, Let me we'll tell you see. something. In a couple of years from now, you're going to be able to sell a building, live stream it. You know what I mean? Have meet and greet merch all in one night. Like people are going to start watching comedy specials like fucking boxing matches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know totally. what I mean? It's like, yo, like because like even like what Schultz like kind of did, like with his thing, you know what I mean? Like people are going to get to a point where I'm going to do this fucking, sh it's going to be like Saturday night live on pay-per-view. Like where. Oh yeah. And I, th I think, I think you're right. And I think probably the next, the next stage of, of uh, who's got the balls to do it. That's oh, yeah. Like, well, and, and truly live, truly live, truly live. Where, and it's not just, and it can't just be an hour of the TikTok ratio or the Instagram, no. just your head and shoulders. You need a crew that can adapt. That's when, the, yeah. When someone throws a fucking bottle at you and they zero in on that guy and they watch security beat the shit out of him and then they drag him out and then you're and then they follow you around and you react to that moment, you know? Yeah, because how many times do you post online like, what's up, man? Coming to fucking Fort Lauderdale. And then it's like, oh, like, I wish you were in Montreal or like, oh, come yeah. here. That's every comment. It's like to your point before about selling tickets. It's also the day you leave. People are like, when are you coming to this city? You just left. And you're like, man, yeah, do you follow was, me? Yeah. I'm posting every day. <laughs> I'm trying, dude. I'll be Chicago. back as soon as I can. And, and that's the thing. Like, we're going to go the route of that stand-up comedy is going to be like sports entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. gonna get it's gonna get to that point because yeah. people like a Schultz, and then there's gonna be somebody that comes after him that's like, how do I push this like further? Like Rogan, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People see Rogan now, but people don't know like Rogan had every fucking job like imaginable, like before, oh, yeah. like before where he is now. Exactly. So that's why it's if I'm as long as I'm just moving forward and I'm blessed to be able to have conversations with people such as yourself. And I learned so much even just from this conversation. And I hope the people that 
that listen to the episode understand that as two guys from different eras who like the same things, yeah, there's common ground between people that you've never even met before, which is a beautiful oh, yeah. thing. It's a beautiful thing that you're 15 years older than me, but my brother was eight years older than me. So, you know, we were talking about cheers. It's like, how many 33 year olds really talk about cheers? You know, yeah, so I've exactly. been lucky. I've been blessed. Like even my older brother, you, my parents, I've been blessed to be able to have a little bit of the older side. But that show was a hit because it had such re- resonance with people. Yeah. People like, oh yeah. That's, I, you know, like, sorry, but I do want to go where everybody knows my name. You, yeah. know, a, you have to find, I mean, I, I have a whole thing in the, in the, in, in Doug about my wife and I lost our shit during the pandemic and drove across the country to Boston from LA with a six week old in an electric car with California plates during an election year. Like Jesus. the fuck to talk, you want to mention Rogan. That's a fucking, that's fear factor. The movie. That's scarier than that dude going fucking Warren Herzog, that guy. Yeah, dude. Yes, exactly. It's Grizzly Man. But like <laughs> I, I, you know, and we drove back through the South while when they called it for Biden. And so it was like, but the thing is, I learned something I already knew is that everybody wants the same fucking thing. We can talk our, our faces off about this, that or the other. And I know where I, I lay and I know there are people who are definitely profiting off of the confusion and fuck those people. But you take politics out of it. Everybody wants the same shit for their kids. Everybody wants the same freedoms, you know. And so when we're all face to face, which we are doing stand up, a lot of the beef goes away. A lot of the differences go away. In fact, most of them go away. And that's that's the brilliant and great thing about any kind of live performance where, you know, we're not we're not. This is not Twitter versus Twitter. This is not us yammering and wasting our fucking lives looking at an algorithm you know it's this is real life and re, and re, and real life we find commonalities you know i mean we are d- more divided than we have been in a long time but at the same time the people that are saying that are making money off it and so that's one of those that's the thing that drives me f- fucking off up the wall where it's like all these places you're talking about i've been to yeah you're gonna find people who believe these fucking conspiracy theories and there are far too many of them right now but at the same time that person's next door neighbor thinks that guy's out of his mind. Going yes. I don't know if you watched the Kanye uh, West and Lex Friedman interview, but Lex Friedman brought up a great point. He was like, it ties into what you just said. Call the people out by name. Yeah. Don't just say juice. No. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's- <laughs> you know, call the people out by name. If you don't like fucking Josh Rosenblatt or some shit, say that. Say, yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. I, I fucking hate you, Josh. Yeah, that guy. Right? Yeah, it's because the thing that drives me crazy is like, you think there's actually fucking meetings where these people are getting together and going, this is how we own the world. What the fuck? You can't get people to agree on the same, like the, the best band in the world or the, their favorite <laughs> movie. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, like, Danny, you and me are going to fucking form a crew and be like, here's how we run shit. Yeah. You know, we have a, a similar ethnicity. And so we're, we're the. No, I don't go to church anymore. I believe in God. I don't go to church anymore because I can't wrap my brain about, around congregation. I can't right. look at 10 people in a room and go, we all agree, right? That's who God is. I can't do that. <laughs> then like, they also make you just like, they also make you be social, like, oh, peace be with you. Like, yeah, yeah, they're right. It's, no. It's like, well, this shit's weird. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, hey, listen, I give them the, 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 like, a lot of credit for wearing the same fucking hat. How'd they agree on that hat? <laughs> you know? To an idea that there's some, there's this group, you know, that that's not 
What it really is, billionaires, people that people that yeah, have all the money, looking at other people that have all the money and go, how do we keep all the money? And they and one billionaire does not go, hey, are you Jewish? No, then fuck off. No, they don't care what that guy is. They couldn't give a shit. They're like, is that guy making me money? Good. Okay. Hey, hey, give me that orange Chinese black Jew guy and bring what him I, in here because he made me ten billion. He made me some money, man. That guy's great. That other billionaire. It, how how else can we keep poor people down? Hey, bring in that green Korean Muslim Jewish guy that made us ten billion dollars last year. <laughs> There's something about him I like. Yeah, there's something about him I like. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he makes me money. <laughs> That's what it is. That's all it's it comes that, down to. That whole, that whole like, any of it, any of it, where it's just like, there's this, like, anyway, anyway, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but yeah, I no, I hear you. The last question, you're in therapy. I'm in therapy. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. he- therapy has helped or hurt your comedic? Like your comedic, uh, you know, because before I got into therapy, I was more like, ah, you know, yeah, just sure, fucking sure, sure. I'll yeah. blow everything up. Fuck that world. Now it's like, oh, I kind of see the world from a different lens now. Like people are struggling. Like, yeah. like I'm not as selfish as I used to be. Do you think it's it's helped your comedy or do you think therapy kind of tunnel visioned you for a little bit? And the reason I say that is because it, it kind of hmm. tunnel visioned me. Right. In a right. sense where it was like. We're comedians, so we have to be sad. Right, right. You yeah. Know? So I almost like bought into like on this content creator with problems. You know what I mean? Right. I, and <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? And it kind of became my essence. Like I deal with that. And it, but it was from a dark side mm. protruding out, not from what I do now, from a side of, you know, a side of self enlightenment and self work that I try to present to the world. Like I'm still a work in progress. You know what I mean? I've said it on the show. I've made every mistake a man can make in his life. You know what I mean? In my short life. And I'm sure I will make more mistakes as my life goes on. Of course. But this is just the part of the journey. I kind of bought into the therapy. Like it's everybody's fault, but mine. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, my parents do suck. You're right, man. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. yeah, my sister was a bitch. You know what I mean? So like, you know, and it became like this, like everyone else's fault, Interesting. but like mine. But now that I've kind of matured in therapy, I'm like, oh yeah, you had something to do in this too. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, you're a fucking weirdo yourself, buddy. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, totally. You gotta that. that it, it makes you own your shit, which is very hard. It's very hard to own all your shit. Especially us, we're sens- we're sensitive people. Oh, absolutely. You know, I like I always think about like it would be hard for me to like quit drinking just because I like drinking, but also going to do AA, which I'm I'm familiar with. I have a lot of friends in it and stuff. But that what was it like a fearless self in- inventory? I was like, fear? Are you out of your mind? I can't look at everything. What the <laughs> fuck, fuck is this? It's like, like walking you know, into a furnace. Like, no, I'll do day by day and section by section. Fearless? How's that work? So. But God, and you got to and you got to apologize to everybody. And we know that's, that's a huge part of it too. Yeah, like, you got to apologize. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. And I've never, I've had some friends who are <laughs> real bad drunks, and I've never had that phone call and gone like, you know what? I've been waiting for that. Never. I was like, no, dude, right. good. You, you had a disease, man. It's never. Yeah. You know, like you know? that's why, like even like what you were saying just now, like for me, there would be so many times where because I stopped drinking. About three years, I used to drink. Oh, right. I, I, I find everything like, oh, the Bears are playing the fucking 
a middle school football team, I'm going to drink six beers. You find an excuse every, yeah, for whatever. Yeah, every, yeah. every time. So it was like, oh, like I'm at work and I'm watching three fucking comedians come up back to back to back. I'll take some pictures and I'll drink a fucking Moscow mule to get me through the night. So like, you know what I mean? Like it becomes part of the, of, of my essence, you know? And that's like what it was. And I was finding like just so many reasons to like drink alcohol. I remember I went to AA and I literally was just like, hi, my name's Danny. And it's just like, Beer is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone fucking started cracking up because they were just like, yeah, bro, we knew you were new, but we didn't know what you were going to say. Like, yeah, that's really fucking funny, man. Because that's like, you can go to AA and he's like, yeah, I, and thankfully I'm blessed that I never had to go through, flip my car over three times. And right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. I fucking crashed into a God, for, God forbid. Yeah. Did, uh, did anything? Into- yeah, that's the thing I was thinking about. Like, you know, did anything? I didn't, yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like the worst thing i ever did that worst thing i ever did in a blackout was i blacked out i broke into a building and i let off fire extinguishers and And that's just funny and that's just funny and my brother woke me up he's like yo that video was ridiculous that you sent last night i go what the fuck are you talking about and he shows me this video where i broke into this building in our town and just started firing fire extinguishers off wow oh my god and then, and then that was like the big thing. I had to go back like a month later and I apologized to the guy. He actually thought it was kind of funny too. He's like, I mean, that's, and that's good on you that you did that. I, I, there are two factors I, that immediately come to mind in terms of that. It was like, I think being, being someone who has a problem with, with booze and maybe this is the reason why I never actually lived in the city. New York is the hardest city. I really, oh. I really feel that I've lived in Chicago. I spent a lot of time in Boston. I really think because no one, most people don't drive in New York. And it's, oh, no. it's just the drinking culture. The drinking culture is low-key it, over the top there. Even more yes. where it's stereotypical. Like Boston is far more stereotypically alcoholic, you know? Yes. They're like real alcoholics there, though. Like they'll throw you through a fucking plate glass window and shit. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. generational, you know? That's what I'm talking about. It's like people fight their dads there. Oh God! I mentioned I mentioned Dana before. He never really drank. He's one of those guys who I would go. Yeah. I want to tour with him, and he'd have what? He's like, I'll have a beer. He'll have like one beer because all of his brothers are drunks, and like his dad ran a bar, and he got busted with a bunch of friends out in the park drinking when he was in high school. And the cops, the cop knew him, and he's like, go home, and kicked him out. And he got yeah. home and told his mom what he did, and he was like, but I wasn't drinking. And his mom was like, ah, don't tell your dad that. Like uh, that blew my mind. Yeah, like his dad yeah. would be disappointed. He'd be thinking you're know? a pussy. <laughs> Why weren't you getting fucked up? Yeah, like so. Fucking pussy. Over so I, here. I, yeah. So I give you, I give you, I give you a lot of credit for out of that atmosphere too, and also, and also comedy. My God, comedy clubs are bars. They're one hundred percent. You know, I mean, they're it's, old it's, school. Like you know, like in yeah. those old movies where. The same song was playing on. It's like the song from Star Wars, like that's what that's what comedy clubs are like. It's like you're walking in there and it's like some fucking guys up there fighting for his life, and you're just hoping he's getting fucking wasted. Oh, dude, and I I did that, and then he's getting wasted too. For for years, I would just go there and belly up before and have a couple for my show, and you know, I've even now like I used to I'd go eat someplace. It's sit at the bar and I'll have like a glass of wine or a beer. It's like, I'm cutting that out now where it's like, yeah. if I have one, it's after my shows because I just, I deserve, I deserve this. I'm not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my treat. I'm not, 
on stage wasted ever, but it's like, yeah, but my brain isn't firing as well. It's, you yes. know, it, it is no matter what intake you have, it is impairment. It's almost like I'm not going to eat a rack of ribs and go do two hour sets. No, like, you're going to be sleep of it. Oh, I'm so full of mashed potatoes. You know, like, it's just it's like, I'm have to cut. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like an hour set. It's like, yeah, light me at 15. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bo- that's fucking Bobby Lee even now. He'll go, oh, yeah. He'll play a club and be like, can I just do 20? And the, and the, the booker's like, no, fuck are you talking about? I mean, I had to ask. Why did you ask? No, it's so funny. God, my fucking cheeks are hurting. Do you ever find that your therapist is more interested in your in your life than Dude, like my, my therapist my is therapist. a comedy. My therapist is a comedy. Yeah. My therapist like fan. that too. He's like, so like, when are the shows coming up? I'm like, you know, you're my fucking therapist, right? The wildest shit is he's watched my special, one of my specials with his wife, who's also a therapist. And he can't be like, that's he's, I treat oh, him. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, you right. know, that's right. I always wonder if his wife was like, this guy's trash. <laughs> it's like, this, whoever, this guy needs a fucking therapist. You know, <laughs> I don't know. You might want to find him. He could help. Sadness. He could help him. Sadness behind those eyes. This guy's brutal. His premises suck dick. <laughs> would now I have to ask, would you let your daughter go in the comedy and acting? Long as she's not hurting herself, she can do follow whatever dream she wants. Because that's what my parents did. I always say I, I give my parents a lot of credit because they never went, that's stupid. And what we do really is. It really is in a lot of ways. I try know? to tell people um, that all the time, though. It's I, I'm an idiot. Right. You know, I, you know I, I, I get paid to be an idiot. Like I'm, I'm so fucking blessed. I hope she isn't like my wife and I just dream where I would say we're like first generation immigrants. We're like doctor or lawyer, please, <laughs> please love of God. You know, but like, that's how I feel too, man. I'm about to get married in May. Like, oh, congrats. Nice. Thank you. I, I just want my kid to be like a fucking doctor. Oh God. It'd be so don't good. go, don't go through anything that I want to, but at some point, like now, I feel for you because now would like, not, not only would you let her do it, would you like help her pursue the career was what I was trying to ask. Uh, you know, it's, it's tricky. It's going to be a long time from now, but you know, I'll, yeah, I'll these, help her. These anyway. kids are starting early, man. I'll help her any way she wants, but I'm not going to, there's no leg up. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no, the great thing about this business is like, you could have the most powerful agent in the world and they couldn't do shit for you. Because yeah. no one gives, you know, no one gives a fuck about that agent except that that agent reps like Brad Pitt or whatever. You know, right. like they're, they'll be like, yeah, you know, fuck this kid. What's Brad doing? Can we, yeah. you know. What's up with BP? How's yeah, he doing? They're not going to. Yeah. So, so thankfully, there's nothing I can do that will make this person be funny on stage or on a screen. It's all but like when she, when she does like school plays, are you going to be like, listen, we're going to work on this together? No. I don't think so. You're going to be the best fucking dandelion that anyone's ever fucking seen. I think that person at the at the school will do a even if it's like the gym coach would be a, <laughs> do a way better job with me because they're better at corralling these children. You know, isn't that so funny though? It's like, oh, I'm the gym teacher, but I'm also like the head of the drama club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck, <man. laughs> I do. I started out with a friend of mine, but we grew up together, and he, you know, he did we we did plays in high school, and now he's the head of the he's a theater teacher at um, Jefferson, which is an arts centric uh, school in Portland. And oh, awesome! They did two, they did two big productions one year, Macbeth and Footloose, and I'm like, <laughs> you're fucking killing it, yeah, right. killing it. 
The spectrum alone there is, is oh ridiculous. Oh, my God, the variety. God. You know? I'm telling you. So so if she does want to do entertainment, you wouldn't hold her back? No, no. Because I, I wouldn't, you'd be the biggest hypocrite on earth at that I don't point, want right? her. I, I don't want her to, but that's me. It's almost right. like when I took her to daycare, part of me went, I don't do shit all day, but write about my dick or whatever, you know? <laughs> I'm the so same it's like, way. I can take care of this kid, but it's like, no, 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 no. She needs to be with kids her age. Needs to learn how to interact. She needs to learn about yes. sharing. She needs to have childcare professionals around her so she develops. And it also gives me time to do what I'm doing. So it's like, I wasn't, it would be selfish of me to be like, no, you stay with me all the time. Because yeah. daddy was best. Because daddy does not fucking really know. I mean, I'm, I know I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm about as mature as I've ever been. This is the age I should have had this child, but I need help. I need a lot of help. Yeah, but you so. did it right. You did. You did it right though, because you could have had a kid at twenty-five, and you know. Oh my it, God! I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. No, but that—that's that, the amazing thing. Like I always tell people too. I'm like, listen, man, we pay all these taxes. My kids are going to pre-K and kindergarten. Yes, because they're gonna need it. They're gonna need it, and I'm gonna need it. So I have one last question. I ask everybody, thank you so much just for coming Oh, dude, thanks for having me. This is a blast. It's a blast. It was amazing. Um, I ask this question at the end of every episode. It's, are you happy today? Huh? Yeah. Today, I am happy. I feel like I'm I'm happy every day, at least part of the time. Yeah. It's a spectrum for sure. It is a spectrum. But yeah, generally speaking, yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm doing good. You know, I feel like my little family is thriving. We're having every day is different, but every day is a mission, which is cool. It gives me the structure that I need in like, you know how it is, this non-structuralist yes. blob-like life we have. So that helps me kind of, it helps me thrive for what I, for what I, what I am and who, and who I do. So, so yeah, I think they, yeah, the answer, answer is yes. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't even know, like. People are like, "What's your schedule like?" And I'm like, "Dude, I don't, I don't even know." What I'm gonna ask me in ten minutes, now. and then ask me in another ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. Thank you so much, man. Where can everybody find you? Tour dates, books, movies, Netflix. Uh, tell everybody, man. This guy's, this guy's a savage. Oh uh, yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, mattbronger.com/tour for my dates. You can go to mattbronger.com for everything else. I am at at Bronger on Instagram, at Bronger on Twitter, Real Matt Bronger on TikTok. Doug is available on all platforms for streaming and rental and all that thing. Someone's at the door. Yeah, that's it. Thanks so much. All right. <laughs> Got very Mister Rogers. Have a good one. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Off the Cuff, presented to you by 101 Life. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and send us some love with a review. And don't forget, we're all in this together and you're never alone. Peace. Fate Entertainment. Ah!